0: Comedy, particularly stand-up comedy, is often at its best when it's the most relatable. When we can see ourselves in the jokes, in the setups, and in the punchlines. When we can understand where the comic is coming from. And this is why, in many ways, I really like the comedian Jim Gaffigan. A lot of his setups, a lot of his jokes are are about coming from and having a large family. I understand that very well. I don't have any kids, obviously, but I come from a family of uh, six kids. My parents had six kids in six years, so it was chaos growing up in the Hyde household. He talks a lot about being Catholic and all of the fun jokes that come from being Catholic, and he talks a lot and makes a lot of jokes about food, and I can relate to that very well. I, I, I see a lot of myself in that, and it's wonderful. In one of his specials, in fact, he has a bit. It's about 10 minutes long on McDonald's. Of all places, And I won't bore you with all of the, Are trying to reiterate a comedian's stand-up bit. But one of the things he gets to at the end of this particular uh, bit is how in our life we all have a McDonald's in our life. Maybe we don't go to McDonald's, maybe we think it's disgusting, but there's something in our life that we have somehow kind of chiseled out that's probably not good for us but we think it's a good thing for us. You know, the examples he uses are, you know, we, we don't go to McDonald's, but we read the tabloids. We, we don't go to McDonald's, but we convince ourselves that the Starbucks milkshake or Starbucks coffee is not a milkshake, right? That's why I didn't try to set up a joke. I'm terrible at telling jokes. <laughs> and we can relate to that, right? We can relate to the things in our lives that we're not necessarily the proudest of, but that we have in our lives. And as a homiletics professor once told me, uh, homilies are where comedy goes to die, I'll go one step further than the comedian Jim Gaffigan. Right? There are things in your life and in my life that are actually enemies of our faith, that stand directly in opposition to our growth in happiness and holiness. And the reality is, is that oftentimes these obstacles start off as good things. But slowly, over time, God becomes less and less a part of that. Christ becomes less and less the center. For most of us, and for me, and especially for younger people, we need to look no further than our use of technology. Technology is a wonderful and good thing. It allows us communication in a way that would have been unheard of even for my grandparents, to be connected with people all over the world, to know news immediately when it happens. And yet, for many, technology is becoming a source of isolation, a source of angst, a source of anger, we, we only look to the, to the sources of information that affirm my preconceived notions, and everyone else is wrong, and we're all isolated and angry and frustrated. We use this good thing, and slowly, over time, we drive Christ out of the middle. And now we have not something that is good, but an obstacle to Christ. An obstacle to happiness and holiness. The good news, though, <clears throat> is that Jesus Christ desires, and in fact, our holiness and happiness consists in Him being the center of our life, the center of all that we do. Today we celebrate in the church Jesus Christ, King of the universe. But where does that relate to me? It's is, the question is, Is Jesus the center of my universe, and all of the little constellations and planets and things that abound in my universe? And when we start to think of Jesus as king, we can actually turn into Pontius Pilate. We can, with a bit of incredulity, ask, are you really king, Jesus? Do you really desire to be lord of all, the center of my life? We can recognize in our own life that there are things that we don't want to get rid of. Or, especially in our kind of Western, democratic, American understanding, we don't want anyone else telling us what to do. We think of kings and leaders as tyrants, as those who lord it over us, as those who oppress, subject, bound us down. But the king of the universe came, as he said in the gospel, to testify to the truth. And what is the truth? It's that God is love. It's that Jesus came into this world to serve, not to be served. To free us from sin and death. To open the gates of heaven to us in this life and in the next. To make it possible for us to be happy, healthy, holy now, to know the fullness as best we can of His love before we experience it, it before we experience it in heaven. This is the truth to which Jesus came. Not only that, but as we heard in the first two readings, intimations of this, and especially in Revelation, Jesus is the alpha and the Omega. Jesus has loved you from the beginning and will love you for all eternity. To be in his service, to make him king, is to have a love that knows no bound. To experience eternity in that relationship. And so we are challenged today to make Christ the king of our lives. And I'll be honest with you. It's a difficult proposition. First of all, in practicality, but also let's look at the world around us right now. Let's look at the church in which we live. The reality is is that most people are fleeing the church, especially the young. We are all touched, I would imagine, by friends and family who have simply left the church, some angrily. We look at the church itself, and there are problems There is division, there is tension, there is the history of cover-up of abusive minors. We look in our own lives and we see brokenness, destruction, sin, and sometimes even an inability to overcome. And we can be discouraged. And I can be discouraged. But the Lord is never outdone in generosity. Jesus Christ is king and he does not lose. He sets up his throne in our hearts, and it's not a throne to reign over us, but it's a throne that reigns from the cross. And so we are challenged each and every day to examine our conscience. We are challenged to take that and to change our life. We are challenged to go regularly to the sacrament of confession, not to get cheap grace, not to just be forgiven, but to realistically ask the Lord to come back to the center of our lives, especially the places where we are weakest. And we are challenged, and perhaps this is the greatest challenge, to make Christ a king of this community. Yes, there are people who are leaving the church in droves. Yes, there are people who are suffering and struggling in the church. And they need each of you, each priest, all of us, to be saints. To have Christ at the center of our lives and to witness that to other people. So I ask you, what is the McDonald's in your life? What is the thing with which you look at with shame or frustration? And I invite you to ask the Lord to come into that. To ask the Lord to be king. Because everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And the truth will always set you free.